To, to be the most effective hunter, you have to be a student of the deer. Right. right. You aren't just accidentally putting up a tree stand in a lucky place. Right. To, to be an effective minister, right? Whether you are in full-time ministry or you're, you're, you're a believer that, that works a secular vocation, you're called to be a minister. To be an effective minister, you have to be a student of those that God has placed into your life. And welcome to this week's episode of Christian Outdoors Podcast. I'm your host, Pete Rogers. This is episode number 147. In today's episode, I'm really excited to have with me Senior Pastor of Heartland Bible Church from Gasport, New York, Mr. John Goodwin. John's also the owner of Wild Game Freaks, which we'll get to in just a few minutes. But he served Heartland Bible Church for 14 years. In 10 of those years, he's been serving as a senior pastor. He's married to his wife, Jen, and together they have three children. When he's not busy with his family and his church duties, John moonlights as an Instagram and social media influencer, which I got to learn a whole lot more about because I am terrible at that. He runs his own page, which now, which now has nearly 54,000 followers and has helped numerous outdoor companies with their social media management over the years. John's passionate about the outdoors and passionate about his faith. And that's why we're pleased to welcome him to Christian Outdoors today, Mr. John Goodwin. John, welcome to the show, buddy. Thank you, Pete. Appreciate it. Yes, sir. Let me, before we get started in talking about you, John, let me ask you a question. Do you like outdoor gear? Oh, of course. Of course you do. <laughs> and, you know, any outdoorsman and woman that I know are gear junkies. And to fill that need, we're always looking for the best deals out there. The Outdoor Specialty Media Group's premium membership has you covered. With a premium membership, you get access to more than 50 brands of some of the finest gear in the, in the outdoor space of, of all different types. New brands are being added every month, and the membership entitles you to a 20 to 40% savings on hunting, fishing, and outdoor equipment and gear. The regular price for the membership is $29.95 for one-year membership, and that's a great deal. You'll actually save that on just one purchase from your initial membership. But Outdoor Specialty Media is offering an even better deal for my listeners. For my listeners, you get a $5 discount on your membership. If you enter promo code PEAT2022 at the checkout, that's right, a $5 discount for my listeners. So you only pay $24.95 to get full access to the premium membership for one full year. Remember to add PEAT2022 in the, in the coupon code box at checkout and save $5 on your membership. You can sign up by going to www.northamerican-outdoorsman.com and click on the upper right-hand corner for the premium membership, and you can register today. And John, I would encourage you to take advantage of that as well. It's a great, great, they have so many different brands on there that you can choose from and, and just save, you know, we, we, we like gear, but we have budgets. <laughs> For sure. Right. For sure. And so we, it just gives us a great opportunity to get access to a lot of gear and save money. So John, we're not here to talk about just that. We're here to talk about you. So okay. why don't you start by telling the listeners about yourself and uh, just kind of give us uh, some detailed information about who John Goodwin is. Okay. Well, as you said, I'm a senior pastor at a church. I've been married to my wife, Jen, for 21 years, and we have three children together. Our, our oldest is a, a freshman in college, and she's my mountain climbing buddy. We are working together on climbing the 46 high peaks in the Adirondacks, and um, my wife actually does that with us as well, so I don't want to leave her out of that. that. 
and, and right now I think we're up to nine. We just started a few years ago. So hopefully we can uh, knock all those off and become official uh, Adirondack 46ers. And then my middle child is 16 years old. He's a junior in high school now, and he's my hunting buddy. And he uh, just a, a couple years ago shot his first deer uh, on a youth hunt and with uh, 243, and it, it was nice. it was incredible. It, it just tipped over right where it stood, and nice. I said, that doesn't happen typically, and certainly not on your first deer. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, uh, and that was within the first two hours of of his hunting career. Oh, wow. so, <laughs> He's spoiled. Yeah, I would say, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, so we actually got that mounted for him. It's not a huge deer, but it was a huge memory, you know. And then my, and, and oh, and we're also, uh, he and I will be heading down to West Virginia in October for uh, a bear hunt. And so hopefully uh, we'll be able to get him onto something at least. I'd love to shoot one, but uh, my desire more than anything is to see him be successful. So mm -hmm. I'm going to try and get that on film, but and then my youngest kid, he's not a not a hunter per se, but uh, does love the outdoors. He's a he's our athlete. He's involved in sports year round, and just you know, just a great kid. He's you know he'll be fourteen here in a couple months, and so you know we're we're living with three teenagers at once. Yeah, so yeah. Life oh, is yeah. busy. Life is busy. It is. That fourteen year old is really fun with them voices doing this all the time. Oh yeah. <laughs> hey, Dad, come over here. I got something yeah. to show you. Yeah. <laughs> I just oh, laughed yeah. at, my, at my boys when they went through all that. It's so funny. Oh, it's, yeah. It's so funny. Oh, that's great. So, oh, wow, you got a lot going on then. You got a lot going on. Oh, yeah, we, we do because we're, you know, constantly running between stuff. And now my, right. my daughter my daughter being in college, she's only an hour away. So uh, she's involved in a, a music group there and a, she runs for the cross country team. So we're actually headed up this next Saturday to be able to see her run in a race and also nice. see how nice. she's in. So nice. on top nice. of the high school stuff. <laughs> right, right, right. So John lives in the extreme Western Northern portion of New York state. Yes. And if you've never traveled to, to New York, state, I haven't been to that portion, but I've traveled in the, up in the Finger Lakes area, like I've been, yeah. I've been to the Baseball Hall of Fame up in that area, up by yeah, Oneida and, and, and all that kind of stuff. And, and that it's just absolutely one of the most beautiful states on the East Coast. Um, and I won't even talk about the politics of the state. <laughs> yeah, we don't want to go there. <laughs> but anyway, um, on the sidebar, I will say this. It's amazing how one little section affects the entire state. Oh, for and sure. And you see that in a lot of, in a, in a lot of states where oh, sure. the large metropolitan area dictates the politics of the entire state and the rest of the state is 180 degrees different but anyway so as john and i were talking before the show about outdoor stuff where he lives he enlightened me on things that i was not aware of so i'm going to ask him john what kind of things do you do in the portion of the of the country that you live in you know okay. right there close to the canadian border and yeah western new york yeah, so we, I was telling Pete that we are, uh, we live roughly three miles south of Lake Ontario, which as most of you probably know, right, is one of the largest lakes in the world uh, up there. One of the Great Lakes. It's a great lake. It's a great lake. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, there's parks everywhere around here up on that lake. So, you know, we, we spend time, you know, as family, we love going for hikes and stuff. So we'll walk along the lake. Um you know, quite often, actually, in the evenings, we we will head up there and just you know watch the sunset or take the dogs for a walk or you know 
skip rocks with the kids, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, which, which, as a side note, you have to be careful doing that with my daughter because she's not. She's hit me before on accident. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, you know, as a, a joke, I tell her though. I said, you know, if there's ever a boy I don't like, I'm going to tell you to go skip rocks with him because I know. There you go. That's right. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so there's a lot of activity up on that lake in our area. Yeah, you know, there's there's actually, you know, uh, near us, there's great salmon fishing out on the lake. Uh, okay. Been out okay. a few times with that. I haven't done a ton of it. I'd like to do more of it. Uh, a lot of water sports and different things. And then we're about 30 miles east of uh, Niagara Falls. So there's a you know a ton of tourism that direction. Um, but where and where we live, there's a lot of vineyards, a lot of wineries. Oh, really? Um, <laughs> A lot of, a lot of corn, a lot of apple trees, a lot of soybeans, just a lot of. So it's an agrarian area where you are then. Oh, for sure. Yeah. We, we live, uh, our, our piece of property is about, you know, we have about 10 acres, not a huge plot of plot, but it's, you know, we're, we're in the country, um, surrounded by woods, you know, in the fall, I can see one house. So, so I have, I can, I can walk to walk to and get in uh let's see six or seven tree stands within five minutes oh wow from my back door no that's that's really nice that's really nice yeah, i'd have a rocking chair on my porch if it was that yeah, close yeah. yeah yeah so i uh actually it's funny i i had a trail ca- i have a trail camera behind the house that binged at me a couple weeks ago and i thought i'd belly crawl out there and you know, there was a doe standing out in my food plot behind the house, you know, a hundred yards from my back door. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, she, she nailed me before I got out there, which I didn't really care all that much. It was too warm out, but cause we have an, we had an early doe season here, uh, just finished up, but yeah. So it's a different, you know, where we live where it's very flat land, hmm. uh, which is nice for the farmers, you know, makes it easy, but, but it's, it's unique in that when you're used to hunting pinch points, and, uh, you know, looking at contours in the land, uh, there's, it's a whole other kind of level. If that, if that, not, yeah. level. it's just different. It's different. It's different. Yeah. 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 So you, you kind of have to read it a little bit differently. Um, you can still find travel corridors, uh, for sure. But yeah, so, so this part of the state, um, you know, there's also a lot of, and I haven't gotten into this. There's like world-class duck hunting. Uh, really, Iroquois Wildlife Refuge uh, is uh, probably 15 miles or so south of us, and it's a major pathway. People come from all over the country to hunt, hunt ducks and geese, and hmm. um, you know, my my son and I actually also are planning on deer hunting in there this year. We found a spot where we can get deep in, and mm-hmm. the only way to get there is on a canoe. Oh, so nice! Yeah, my yeah. my theory is. Uh, a lot of hunters, uh, I don't want to offend your listeners, but a lot of hunters are a little lazy, right? <laughs> most of us are. Yes. You know, most of you us know, are. So my, my thought is if I work a little harder and go a little deeper, mm-hmm. I should be able to find where the deer end up, especially later in the season. So, Well, the statistics show, John, on that real quick, you know, uh, is that 85, I, I think it's 85, it's over 80% of the hunters hunt within a quarter mile of their truck. Oh, I believe that. Or their road or wherever they park within a quarter of a mile, 85%. So that that leaves 15% that go a little bit further. But of that 15%, 70% of those only go a half mile from the truck. 
So that leaves another, what, 7 or 8% of us who were willing to go however far you need to. And that's yeah. where, you know, where a lot of this, uh, a lot of the success is. I will say this though, sure. that's not as true in the West. Okay. Yeah. Um, and, uh, especially with the growth of this organization, if I can get it right, backcountry hunters and anglers, okay, back, yeah. it's really growing the, uh, load everything on your back and just go and hunt yeah. all the way out there and hunt all the way back. And, and, uh, you know, I admire those people cause I hunt oh, the sure. West, you know, fairly often. And it's, uh, it's a lot different than it is here in the East. You right. have to go a long way to find anything. Yeah. And, um. So I'd be interested to compare that east versus west. I would say yeah. that still in the west, though, it's, it's more than a quarter mile and maybe two miles. They're within yeah. two miles of a truck, but then you have what's beyond that. Right, right. I know I, uh, I was talking with, with some friends. We're planning a Wyoming hunt next year, so we're already starting the planning. Right. And uh, he was saying, man, I need to get in shape. I'm, he's like 240 pounds. He's got to drop he's got to, he's, he's just way overweight for himself. He needs to drop some, some weight and get in shape. I said, well, man, last time I was out there, I, I averaged eight to nine miles a day yeah. on, on walking. So you're going to have to, you know, at 9,000 feet elevation, right? And I live at 300 feet elevation. <laughs> yeah. <about laughs> okay. Yeah. You know, so uh, yeah. getting in shape for that is, is, is tough. I actually have a whole episode, two episodes ago of how to get in shape for your, yeah. for your next hunt. But, but it's, uh, uh, to your point, um, if you can get in there by canoe, yeah, you're going to really open some doors to opportunities that other hunters aren't going to be able to get, aren't yeah. going to be able to have. Yeah. Well, it's, it was funny because we, uh, we kind of took a little scouting trip on this property one Saturday morning and, uh, and I was looking, I use Onyx. Uh, Wonderful tool. Yeah. I love it. Love it. And I was showing my son this. I, I looked like a genius. It was fantastic. It's always good when that happens in front of your kids. Right. So I showed him, I said, you know, you can see where this Creek that we're going to go down narrows down. And it's, uh, there's this area where you can't hunt in off to the right, where there's a nature trail, you get basically behind it and you can hunt behind it, but then also on the other side of the river, because the river runs almost, with this closed off area i said so people probably aren't going to want to hunt over here because they don't want to be too close to that area where you're not allowed to hunt i said and and there's a pinch point on the river i said i think deer are going to be crossing right there and i showed them on the map and so we get kind of to this area where there's this pretty severe turn in this creek and i pull off to the side because i see you know the dirt kind of slanting down into the creek bottom and I look and I'm seeing tracks in the dirt and my son looks up, he goes, there's two deer sand in the water right there. Oh, really? <laughs> I was like, yes. You nailed it. <laughs> nailed it. Kid <laughs> thinks I'm a genius. <laughs> yeah, we've had a few of those moments, but you know, you gotta, you gotta remember those and share them. <laughs> yeah, you do. You do. Yes, you do. Uh, we, we, we well, that's had, awesome. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what about camping opportunities up there? I guess with all these parks, that yeah. camping is very popular in your part of the of the state. Yeah, because Adirondack State Park is one of the largest state parks in the country, right? Oh, okay. It's uh, I, I couldn't tell you the exact size, but it is a big, beautiful, beautiful area. It's full of full of lakes, full of mountains, and uh, so we we go up there every summer. Uh, for two weeks at a time and uh, we 
you know, we don't have any electricity. We don't have running water in our campsite. You know, the the campground we go to, you know, there are bathrooms and things, but you got to hike to them. But uh, it's and we 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 camp on this outer loop, so we're basically on the outside of the campground, and um, which is we like it there because it's quiet. You mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. I joke around with my wife. I said, you know, we live out in the country, then we go camping, and we see more people in a week than we <laughs> ever see living where we live. You know, I know, and you uh, got to listen to their radios blaring yeah, and yeah, stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. So I got a story about that in just a minute. So. <laughs> But it's 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 nice because it's like maybe a third or a quarter of a mile walk down to the lake. Mm, uh, okay. Camp. It's a beautiful beautiful lake. We do fishing out there. Uh, we you know kids love playing in the water. Dogs love playing in the water. Uh, you know, uh, there's a lot of loons and stuff. I don't know if you've oh. ever seen any though. Beautiful birds. You can hear them when you're laying in your your. Yeah. Your to me, that's one of the most beautiful sounds in nature. Yeah. Is yeah, the my, is the, lo- the cry of the loon on a on a calm night it's one yeah. of the most beautiful sounds in nature yeah it's so it's so cool you know sitting there at the campfire at night and mm-hmm. you're just enjoying you know you're looking off at the stars because there's no light pollution and you know you're hearing the loons off in the distance you know right. maybe some coyotes right. somewhere yeah and it's just that's what it's yeah you know, i just love it especially yeah. sitting there with my family you know? exactly. exactly so um yeah as far as the adirondacks there's a lot of camping but then near us there's a lot of campgrounds up on Lake Ontario as well. So we actually have one within, you know, three, three and a half miles from our house. So, right. 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 Uh, which I keep, I keep trying to tell my boys, they got to start selling firewood. I said, you can make a killing, but <laughs> yes, you could. Yes, you could. <laughs> so yeah, lots, lots of camping. Uh, we've done it for you. My wife grew up camping. Uh, she grew up more, she grew up in the country. She's a country girl. Uh, and I did not grow up in the country, so she kind of got I she kind of got me into camping. Uh, I shot my first deer with her father. Okay. You know, the first deer I laid my hands on was a deer he shot. You know, so so I've kind of uh, morphed <laughs> as we right, got married. Right, I adopted right. that outdoor lifestyle, and uh, you know, we moved moved our family out into the country as well. Uh, and I just I just love it. So so tell me uh, about wild game freaks. Okay. Did I say it right? Yeah. Wild Game, yeah. Wild game Freaks. What is that yeah. all about? Yeah. So Wild Game Freaks to me is just an opportunity to connect and share my love of the outdoors with other hunters. Uh, okay. I, I, it's, it's probably, it's unique, I think, in a couple of ways. Uh, I, I, I think that most hunters on Instagram, uh, truthfully, are running their page trying to be famous. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you see it all the time, right? And I'm like, I don't have any desire for that. I don't, I don't care. Um, it's, <laughs> to, to me, you know, but to me, it's 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 just a it's a great opportunity to connect with people who love what I love, which is the outdoors, but also Christ, right? I mean, that's how right. you and I connected. Right. Uh, I'm actually having lunch with a pastor next Wednesday that I met through my Instagram page. That's so cool. You know, so, so uh, to me, it's just a, it's just an avenue that I can use to share my love of the outdoors. Uh, you know, up until about two years ago, I didn't put much of my own content on there. I was just sharing other people's, you know, they'd send me a picture, ask me to share it, whatever. And later right, on, right. I've kind of transitioned more into sharing more of my stuff. Um, but I think with a sense of intentionality that I really want to connect at a personal level with with many of these people rather than uh as this 
nameless brand logo, which I right, right. in, uh, and most people I connect with, they don't even know my name. They don't know what I look like, you know? So I'm like, you right. know, that's probably a good thing though. Yeah. Yeah. There is something <laughs> to that, which is kind of funny because, you know, I have this fairly large following that's pretty engaged and, um, most people in my life have no idea I do that. Right. Right. So right. It's, it's not a, it's, you know, I don't talk about it in my church. I don't talk, you know, I have really good friends. I don't, you know, that aren't really into the outdoors. And so I don't really talk to them about that. It's just not a, you know, it's, 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 it's something that you do. It's not part of I, who you are. Yeah. I enjoy it. Right. But it's right. not uh, anything I'd ever brag about or something, but right. again, it does off, it does open some tremendous opportunities. It again, does. That's how you and I connected. There's some, quality companies out there that I've been able to do some work with. And, yeah. you know, I've had people ask me to test out products that I, I wouldn't have been able to, if I didn't. Right. Right. Well, 54,000 followers is a yeah. lot. Okay. Yeah. That, that yeah. It's, it is. And that's something that, uh, you know, that you should be, um, proud of, uh, to be yeah. able to, to achieve with, with the yeah. practice that you're using. Yeah. But, I, and I think you have to be careful though, too, right. That we don't think that we're more than we are. Right. And, Absolutely. And, and Absolutely. I think, you know, cause I, cause we live in a, we live in a numbers driven world, right? Mm -hmm. you know, how many clicks, how many likes, how many plays, how many, and you understand that, right? I mean, yeah. You, how many subscribers, how many downloads you have, how many, yeah, I mean, yeah. that's and, what, uh, but, and, but, but in our business, yeah. if we're talking about your business, a wild game freaks, oh, sure. mind of Christian outdoors podcast, you have to have those numbers Oh yeah. to, uh, to know how you're doing. Oh, for sure. <laughs> you know, for and, sure. and, and, uh, uh I'm going to, throw this curve by which I'm going to address later when we talk about your pastor and stuff, but it's kind of like church in that how do you measure success? Oh, sure. Is it butts in the pews? Is it, uh, offering? Is it how many people you baptized this year? How many people got saved? I mean, how do you measure success? And it's very similar, similar to what you're talking about with social yeah, media sure. and me with podcasting is sure. how do you measure success? Yeah. Um, because I may have 400,000 listeners now, yeah. But how many of those are people that are actually going to impact what we're trying to do? Right. 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 Sure. And how many of those are, are, are people that are moved by what we're doing or just somebody that just hit a subscribe button and boom, that's it. Right. Yes. Right. Um, so, you know, even though you may have that many followers or that many subscribers or whatever term you want to apply to it, how many of them are actually qualified, not just quantified? Or maybe I had those words backwards. Yeah. No, I, I <clears> you know, I got you. Yeah, it's an interesting thing though because I think there's a fine line, right, of using those metrics as a tool mm -hmm. versus allowing them to become an obsession. Right. You know, right. and that's where I would, I would, I would uh, caution, uh, you know, a young ministry leader, mm -hmm. uh, or a or a or a person on a social media platform. You know, e either side. Like you got to be careful. You know, to the young ministry leader, yeah, maybe, maybe God has you in a church only 20 people, but be faithful. Right. Be faithful. Don't be Absolutely. obsessed with the guy that has 200 or 1,000 or whatever it is. Right. Um, so, you know, it's, uh, it, it, it is funny, though, because it has opened opportunities to encourage you know, smaller businesses, as an mm -hmm. example. Uh, you know, I have people that, you know, I'll chat with a little bit, and then I'll pull something off their page. I'll put it on my page, and next thing they know, they have a whole, a big bump in their followers. Right. And to me, it's like this is kind of cool. Like they didn't ask yeah. me to do it. I didn't ask them for anything in return. Right. I just did it because I'm like, hey, this is a cool opportunity to help this 
young startup and you know they have a great company and right you know, they don't right. have any money they can't pay anyone to advertise for them so, right you know, right. If I can do something um you know and again it i i think living in a world where everybody expects something you know i think it, it is a it is a way for me to kind of say hey this is this is who i am and ultimately i'm this way because of christ so you know it's definitely a platform for bigger things i think ministry things and i think i had shared with you and uh, the emails that we had sent back and forth that you know as i've kind of looked at this recently um you know i've always been a page you know it's you know i've always policed language i've always made you know there's not going to be any pictures that are inappropriate you know right right any of that stuff but uh I've kind of always kind of kept it separate from my life. It's just kind of been this little hobby off to the side. And now I'm kind of like, you know what? I think the Lord's kind of challenged me on this. He says, you know, you, you have this, this thing that is influential. Right. This platform. How are you using it mm-hmm. to bring my name glory? And, uh, you know, I've really kind of been wrestling with that for a while of, you know, what does that look like? And, you know, I'd love, I would love to see it transition into, you know, there's, uh, you know, whether it be a, you know, a sportsman's banquet or speaking at a men's retreat or, you know, cause I, again, I think I have, I have the, you know, my, my background as a pastor and now this combination, I think is kind of mm-hmm. the perfect marriage to really be able to encourage some outdoorsmen and outdoor, you know, yeah. Love yeah. As well. yeah. And encourage them in their relationship with Christ. So right, 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 yeah. and 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 that's very similar to what I do, right? Yeah. I mean, and right. that's why this is, you know, that's how we connected, and why it makes a great, a great pod, a podcast show is the fact we yeah. got two 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 guys from very different parts of the country. Oh, sure. Who have the exact same passion and goals? You yeah. know, we yeah. we love the outdoors. We love Jesus, and how can we, how can we share our passion for the outdoors to reach people for Jesus? Right. 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 And and uh, and there is great opportunity there. Like you said, speaking at men's conferences, sportsmen's banquets, outdoor banquets, whatever they call them nowadays. Yeah. I, right. I think every every church has to, you know, names it something different. But we know what we're talking about where they yeah. have a wild yeah. game dinner and they yeah. invite all the hunters and fishermen and, and outdoor people in the area. And, and they bring in people like us to, to, to speak and to share our experiences and stuff. And, yeah. and it's a great opportunity. It really is. Um, it really is. Uh, uh, God, I totally lost my next question. <laughs> oh, I hate it when I do, especially when we're recording the video and I got to come up with something really quick. Yeah, I, I do it in the pulpit all the time. So. <laughs> <laughs> Wake up, John. I'm trying to think, remember what I was saying. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> but uh, uh, I do want to transition to to your faith journey. But, but, but before I do, I think you and I share this, that, that as Christians – and who love the outdoors, we want to share our faith wherever we can, including yeah. while we're hunting, fishing, and around town and at speaking events. Yeah. And God's Country Camouflage allows me to do just that. With four distinct patterns and counting, God's Country Camouflage incorporates seven different Christian symbols into every pattern. So when I'm hunting, I'm wearing in my faith on my sleeve, my chest, my legs, everywhere. But they're not limited to just camo. Fishing shirts, everyday shirts, pants, hard goods, and more. God's Country Camo is a lifestyle that allows us to wear our faith. Check them out at godscountrycamo.com. 
All right. So, uh, and if you haven't found a man, you need to. Great people. Yeah, I've seen, great I've seen product. It. I, I, yeah. I have seen it before. It's, it's pretty cool looking stuff. It really is. And it's really wonderful people that own it. That the, They really are great, great folks. Uh, Todd and, and Melissa Haley out of uh, Faulkville, Alabama. That's a hard okay. word for me to say. Um, but yeah, great. It, it, and it is. It's a good product. It, it really is. And uh, we just formed a partnership and uh, they're sending me some some product that I'll be wearing here on the show. And, and nice. uh, when I go speak at events, I'll be wearing it. Uh, just put, put my logo on it and we'll be ready to roll. Yes. But with that, so you've been pastoring for 10 years. Senior pastor. Senior pastor. Right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. The other doesn't count. Right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm for my wife. I said that for all the youth ministers and associate ministers out there. Say, what did you just say? <laughs> we matter too. Associate lives matter, and, yeah, so, and right. so do youth pastors. We're all important. We're all part of the priesthood of all believers, right? Yeah. Um, but uh, but there is a little bit difference when you're the senior pastor. Oh, sure. Because yeah. the buck stops there, right? Yeah. And and uh, uh, your head's on the block every Sunday morning. <laughs> yeah. I mean, literally. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. And uh, but but you have obviously are doing a very good job there because you've been there for a long time. And that speaks wonders about about the job that John is doing at, at his local church there, because uh, another I just love statistics. I don't know. why I hate math, but I love statistics is the average stay in a pulpit is 18 months in yeah. the United States. 18 months. Think about that. And John's been there 10 and a half years as senior pastor. He's been at the church for 14 years. So that, that says an awful lot about how you connect with your people and how the people love you and the messages that you're bringing and you're continuing to feed, right? Um, there's a lot of things behind the 18 month, right? Whether it's uh, oh, jump, sure. jumping for a bigger steeple, as I like to call it, you know, you're going from that 20 member church to the 40 to 60, just trying to climb the ladder um, or, whether or not it's just not a good fit. And sometimes that happens too, right? Some of my, some of my closest and most, the people I respect the most that are pastors somewhere along their journey, they, they got into church and just was not a good fit, yeah. right? No fault on either party. Yep. It just wasn't a good fit. And, uh, and so you go, and so you go to the next one, but, but John's been there for, for 10 and a half years. So I wanted to give you a chance to tell us about your church. Okay. Tell us about the ministries that you do there. Right. And and uh, how you even got into the into the ministry? Because I know I like to talk about my calling and my role. Yeah. So, yeah. however you want to do that, I'm gonna give you the floor and just and just kind of sh okay. share with us your faith journey and your and your uh, role as a pastor. Okay. Yeah. I I uh, you know I grew up in a Christian home, and church was always a, a major part of my life. Uh, and I I remember. <laughs> like it was yesterday. It's so funny. I was doing something at the house and my brother was there. I, I'm one of four and uh, four, there was four boys in our house. And uh, my older brother and I were always kind of getting at each other. And I did something and my mom told me, Hey, knock it off. I did it again. She said, Hey, knock it off. And my brother, and I was young, young kid at the time. He looks at me, he goes, he's trying to just, do what an older brother does, right? He says, I bet you're not even a Christian. Like that was his, <laughs> that was his like, I'm going to get you. So you can tell we're a little churchy as a family, right? Yeah, that's yeah, the yeah, insult. Yeah, yeah that's, <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> and, uh, and I looked at him and I had this moment of like, I'm like, you're right, I'm not. And my mother overhears this 
And she's like, well, do you want to be? And I said, yeah. And we sat down at the dining room table and she you know, led me through the scriptures. I, I can't remember exactly what it was, but uh, I distinctly remember this moment where I'm like, I want to follow Jesus. You know, oh, I that's believe, cool. I believe uh, that he is who he said he is. You know, I, I believe in the death, death, burial, and resurrection of, of our Savior, right? So, so I had this moment as a kid. And, uh, you know, again, distinctly remember that. And then, you know, fast forward a number of years later, uh, as I was, I was about 15 years old. And I don't know if you're familiar with the book Through Gates of Splendor. Uh, no, I'm not. Okay, so it's written by Elizabeth Elliot, who was a missionary down in South America. And basically, the and they made a movie about the, the end of the spear. There was a Christian movie entitled that. Same. Anyway, you should check it out. But, but anyway, her husband, two other men, flew in to try and reach this unreached people group uh, with a message of the gospel as missionaries. Ultimately, they get murdered on the beach. All right. So every day I'm reading like a chapter to this book. As a 15-year-old kid. And I'm like, wow, that's crazy. I'm like, and I remember right, this thought popped in my head. These guys were willing to die for their faith. What are you doing? Right? Mm. I'm like, okay, that can't be not way. that. Yeah, not that. Right. <laughs> so ultimately, this as you read this story, you find that the widows and the children end up going down there and leading many of these people to Christ, baptizing the murderers. And it's just this amazing story of redemption, like true story. Right. And again, I'm like reading this and like these people had something willing, they're willing to die for. What are you doing with your life? Like, you know, and all these questions, they just kept floating in my head, floating in my head. And I'm like, I'm like, man, I don't, I don't. And I kind of came to that spot where I'm like, I think God wants me to go into ministry, but every pastor I knew was broke. <laughs> right. And I'm like, I don't want financially broke. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, okay. I don't want to do that. You know, I, we were part of a smaller church, you know, I'm like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to talk in front of people. I don't want to this. I don't want to that. And, Same thing we all say. Yeah. So, you know, basically I had a year of misery until I finally, you know, I was at a, a youth event. And again, I can't remember what was preached on. I, I remember the closing song of this event though. And they had an altar call and I just started weeping, you know, in front of my youth group front of my girlfriend it was awesome uh you know yeah at that moment you don't even care though yeah but for like an hour and a half like it just <laughs> i could not stop and uh it was just uh just one of those moments where i finally said yes to the lord and i haven't really looked back i've had a few little detours along the way as you know how that goes but yeah but ultimately you know at that point on i'm like i'm going into full-time ministry and that's i didn't know what that meant you know, it's, right, right. It's looked different uh, here and there, but but that's essentially all I've ever tried to do, right? So, yeah. which I've joked around with people, I said, if ministry doesn't work out, I'm really in trouble because <laughs> I have no other skills. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, you know, you just said something that uh, uh, um, I and forgive. I'm gonna ask the listeners to uh, forgive me for just a second while I yeah. say this. You just made a comment that really hit me okay. of, I said, that's exactly how I felt when I said, I felt called to ministry, but I don't know what that means. Yeah. Uh, we need to do a show on that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, sure. We really do pastors and uh, maybe get two more on here or one more and say, 
because I can remember, I did not grow up in a Christian home, and my listeners know this, you know, but I started going to church later as a teenager, right? Yeah. Um, but I can remember one time a pastor, and I don't even remember who it was. I just remember, you know, way back in the files of your, of your memory of saying, there are these types of ministry. Because the only thing I knew was preaching. Yeah. Right. Okay. You know, and, and I was like, but there are so many more ways to serve God in professional ministry yeah. besides standing in the pulpit and, sure. and, and preaching. And that's the thing that I think scares so many people away from ministry Yeah, is they're being called, but they don't know where. Yeah. They know and they're being need, called. We need all those other people. Oh, exactly. Exactly. Sure. So if you're listening to this, you know, stay tuned. John and I are going to get, we're going to schedule it before we get okay. through today. That's Cause I think that's important. I really yeah. do is yeah. that we talk about, are you called and what does that mean? Yeah. That's a good title right there too. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So back to the joke. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I had to say it gross. I would have forgot it. Oh, but now sure. when I'm editing it, I'll write it all down. And yeah. Remember right, right. It. <laughs> all right. So, so, uh, you remember read, you know, so you're reading the book yep. and you know, you felt called to ministry, but everybody was broke and you don't know what, to, and you don't want to be, you know, I mean, we all got to eat, right. And we got to yeah. pay our, yeah. we, we yeah, got to yeah. pay our bills and so forth. So that's where you were in your story for interrupted you. Yeah. And, and, and basically I just came to the spot where I said, yes. Right. And I think that's the key, right. We just come to a spot and say, yes. Right. And I think we, we, we live in a world of analysis paralysis, right? Sometimes we just, you know, we, we make this pros and cons list. And quite frankly, God doesn't give a rip about your pros and cons list, right? I mean, you look at look at scripture, right? right. Look at these guys, you know, uh, guess what? Uh, guess what, Jonah? I have a job for you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know? I, mean, I want to do that. I do you know, not I mean, want to. Uh, oh, okay. And, yeah. Hey, hey, Apostle Paul, you're going to get thrown in prison, by the way. You know, I mean. Yeah. God doesn't ask us to take into account all the stuff we often take into account. He just, he wants faithfulness and yeah. he wants obedience. to live, yeah. live in step with him on a daily basis. And that may mean that you are preaching in a pulpit, but it, it may mean that you are a, a chaplain at hospice or that you are just available all right, to right. your neighbor to pray when they lose their spouse. So, I think it all looks so different. So, but for me, it meant because all I knew was again, right, preacher. So, so I went to college to be a preacher, and ultimately, I went for a couple of years. Took a couple of years off, went back, changed my major to. Uh, I graduated with an uh, emphasis in theology and an emphasis in youth ministry. Okay. When I graduated. I remember saying in one in an interview, I'll never forget this. I was getting interviewed for the first church that I, I worked in. I got hired out of school. And I said, all I ever want to do the rest of my life is be a youth pastor. I said, I'm passionate about reaching teens. For, and one of, the, one of the guys that was interviewing me said, don't ever say that. That's right. He said, don't, don't ever say, this is all I'm ever going to do. He said, because you're going to be surprised how God will uniquely shape and change your heart and maybe mm -hmm. change your direction. And mm -hmm. I've never forgotten that. That guy, uh, he died a couple of years later. He had cancer. Um, but I, I, I've never forgotten that. And it's right. Sure enough. You know, I've done youth pastor. I've done associate pastor. I've done interim pastor. And <laughs> here yeah. I am. Here I am today. Yeah. It's, it's funny you say that because I was, um, I was United Methodist. So we got okay. sent to different churches. Right. Yeah, yeah. And I was 22 years old, terrified of old people. Okay, the first church that I was sent to, 
I was the youngest person by 35 years. <laughs> okay. That's how that works, the average age was 71. Yeah. And I'm like, ah, <laughs> you know, we got these people in their nineties. We had a lot of people. I, I don't know what it is about the water up there, but those people live a long time. <laughs> I mean, we had so many people in their, in their late eighties, nineties, centurions yeah. in the church. And, and I'm like, I'm 22 years old. Yeah. Why would they listen to me? Yeah. You know, but what God taught me was a love for seniors. Yeah. Because I was like you. I wanted to be a youth pastor, and they sent me to the, you know, to the crusty critters. That's what I called them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Great people. Love them. I actually still attend there. Um, yeah. uh, great people. I love them. But uh, I tried the youth ministry thing yeah. after that, and, man, I failed miserably. I did. I felt miserably. And it was because I was doing what I thought I wanted to do instead of being obedient to where God wanted. Me. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's funny how we, we so do that. I, you know, where I wanted to go ultimately mm -hmm. uh, towards the end of my schooling, one of my best friends was interviewing with send international uh, about the potential of going to Alaska, right. right. As a missionary. And I said, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to sit down with this recruiter guy too. And, and we met with them a couple times, maybe three times. And I, I was in love with the idea, right, of of doing ministry. You know, I said, hey, do you have youth ministry opportunities in Alaska? He's like, oh, yeah, we got to talk. And, you know, and he poured it on heavy. You know, he, he was a pilot. He said, I'll fly into the bush. You can hunt. You know, I'll, I'm not going to charge. You know, all this stuff, right? And I'm like, oh, this is amazing. But I, I, my wife said to me after our, the last time we met with this organization, my wife said to me on the way home, she said, you know, the Lord's going to have to do a big work on my heart to move me 3,000 miles away from my family. Mm -hmm. and, I went, and I started thinking about it. And I'm like, you know, I was more excited about Alaska than I was doing ministry. Right. So I think there are times we definitely blur the lines and it's a Christian line. <laughs> right. I'm going to go do the work of the Lord, but why are you there? Right. Are you really there for the Lord? Are you there for you? And then add a little Lord in, right. Yeah. For the moose and the caribou and the yeah. bears. And yeah. then, so, Oh, by the way, I'm gonna throw Jesus in in the margin. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, and, and my buddy did end up going, he's in, actually, he's in the Yukon now. Um, and we, we talk regularly and, uh, last summer, my wife and I went to Alaska. I did a wedding up there and that was awesome. But, uh, you know, he, he wants me here. So. Right. But again, right. I think we blur those lines. You know, what what do I want versus what do God's people need? What is right. desire? Right. So, right. Yeah. And also, it's something that I read recently, and and I sometimes I, I wish I could cite the source, but I'm reading multiple books simultaneously. I don't know if you do that, and yeah, then everything yeah. gets everything gets jumbled up. Yeah, I do. It's really, especially in my brain, uh, it gets really jumbled up, and to the point that I don't even remember what I was fixing to say. <laughs> But uh, now what they were what they were saying was that um, be careful what you wish for, because it may be your desires and not God's. Yeah. Right. And make sure that you're being obedient to what God wants you to do and not what you think you want to do. Yeah. Um, and more times than not, it just doesn't work if you're doing what you want to do instead of what God wants wants you to do. Yeah. I give you an example here with my podcast. Um, I've been doing it October 1st to be three years. Okay. okay. 
So I do an episode a week. I've only missed like maybe three weeks that I haven't done one. And those were planned. Okay. Uh, but I'm like, God, I, I just don't know if this is working. I don't know if people are listening. And uh, this was last year about this time when I was hitting my second year anniversary. I'm like, God, I just don't know if this is working, if this is listening. I don't know. Do I need to go more outdoors? Do I need to go more Christian? Do I need to be a little more focused? And, and, and I'm like, and I'm praying and I'm, and I'm, I actually went to my hunt cabin and fasted for two days and was praying about it. And I got nothing, you know, I got nothing. And then I'm just sitting there just kind of in a meditative state, just in a, I call it a prayerful state. I wasn't really saying anything. I was just listening. Yeah. And, and I, I'm really cautious, John, to be one of those people that say, and God spoke to me and said, cause yeah. I, that's a red flag for Pete. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It, it really I'm, is. I'm that's it. a big red flag for Pete. Um, but I just felt in my heart uh, just keep doing what you're doing. Yeah. I'm like, well, that's, that's what I'm doing. Right. Yeah. Within six weeks, we went from, I'm, my numbers going to be off a little bit, but we went from about 2000 listeners, a show to, I'm sorry, from 200 listeners, a show to over 2000, a show. We went from, I don't know, I can't remember the exact numbers now, say 10,000 subscribers to 150,000 subscribers. And then, so that was last year, and about this time I prayed for it, in November it just started going. Yeah. And it's and to give you an idea, we hit 100,000 in January of, yeah. of 22. We just surpassed 400,000. That's incredible. So, and, and all it was, was me praying and saying, God, well, how am I supposed to do what I want this to be yeah. where we talk about you and not just about the outdoors, but I, he said, just keep doing what you're doing. Yeah. And what I, the way I'm going to paraphrase that this is God saying, I got this. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and I would, I would so agree with that. I, you know, I had, so years ago, there were some very serious issues happening in our church mm. and uh i remember wanting out <laughs> right yeah. it just we had a very messy situation which ultimately led me into becoming the interim pastor uh, which i don't need to you know get into all those details excuse but, me yeah but uh, prior to this i i was i i was kind of looking around and saying man i i'm like i don't know that i don't know that i can do this you know, I don't know that I can do this. It's, and I'm kind of, you know, I ended up starting talking to a church and I thought that was a, I'm like, oh man, that'll be it. But, but truthfully for me, it was a, not necessarily God calling me there. It was a, the grass was greener, right? Right. right. The grass is greener, you know, where you water it, <laughs> right? Not the grass is, you know, we'd say grass is greener on the other side, but grass is greener where you water it. But I remember uh, some things happened. Several doors got slammed shut. I went home. I'm talking to my wife and I said, you know, I just don't know. And she said, you know what? She's like, everything I've been reading lately, everything I've been listening to lately basically says the same thing. A lot of people never see the fruit because they don't stay long enough. And I want, I was, I didn't want to, I didn't want her to say that at that moment, <laughs> but I'm like, man, how true is that? Right. Yeah. I mean, you think yeah. about it and, and, uh, Right in, in, in the hunting world, right? As an example, uh, why do I get deer every year? 
and a lot of people I know don't. It's because I put in more time than they do. I mean, that's, right. you know, there's a lot of other things to well it. Well said. Well said. Right? Yeah. Yeah. But, but there is no substitution for time. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I remember that, you know, I've had a couple people that have made those comments. I had one person, actually a family member in front of my wife, make the comment one day after I'd shot another deer. And she, they said, oh, you're just always so lucky. And she was like, what? And we're leaving. She doesn't say anything. We're in the car. And she said, if they had any idea how much time you put in the woods, mm-hmm. they would be shocked. Because mm-hmm. this, this person hunts a couple times a, a year, you know. And right. she's, like, she's like, no, you you definitely put the, put the time in. But, but right. the same is true for, you know, ministry stuff when things get tough. You know, you know when you're hunting and the weather gets bad, you should probably stay there, right? Right, right. Or, or change your methodology up a little bit, but uh, but to just get out and run every time things aren't the way you planned is, uh, you know, quite frankly, how many Americans live their lives, right? It but, is, it uh, is. It's a, uh, it's, it's. Uh, how can you feed me now? And yeah, and Westland, you know, it's it's that same thing with the yeah. short attention span, and I want it now, I want it now, and I've had this talk with my children who. Uh, so three are married now because I have five. Yeah. So three are married now. One got married in May. Another one just got engaged. My son just got yeah. engaged. And they're talking about, man, I, I, I can't afford a house. I can't afford a house. I said, look, dude, I'm 58 years old. I couldn't afford a house at 21 either. Right. You, know, right. you can't expect to have what we have that took us 40 years to acquire. Correct. Right. When you're 21 years old, you got to, yeah. and I use the term ratchet, you got to ratchet yourself up there one step at a time. Yeah. It's like climbing the ladder. Then that's one yeah. rung at a time. You know, you, you work hard, you save your money, you, you make sure and give 10% to God, you save 10% and you try to live on the rest and, and you make it work. Yeah. Right. But, but he's, so he's, he's, he's looking to buy a house cause he's getting married. So, you can't afford a house. Right. I mean, not in this market where where well, we live, yeah. where a, a two bedroom, one bath is selling for almost three hundred grand. I'm like, no, you can't afford right. that. Yeah. You know, so rent rent something until you can afford to do that. Yeah. And anyway, but it's that I won't I won't now what took my parents forty years to acquire. I want yeah. everything right now. And if I can't get it now, then they're just gonna jump to the next it's the next best thing, the next best thing, the next best thing. Yeah. And and we, we live in a world where we're faithfulness is not emphasized enough right right and, and that's with anything right you know, yeah you the average pastoral state I'm, I'm a little probably an anomaly in, in in that way in a lot of ways i'm discovering yeah yeah <laughs> 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 so I've been told. Uh, but, but when you again you'll you'll never get to a, a pastor that stays 18 months will never get to the depth of relationships no uh that they that they should or could uh, right. Otherwise, you know, you'll never, you know, growth in your spiritual walk, right? You know, you don't, you do not become, you you become holy because you're a child of God, but you aren't completely holy, right? Right. <laughs> so there, right. There, there's a process of, of of faithfulness that that. It's a sanctification process yeah, where you're yeah. working towards perfection, where you're trying every day and, and you get closer every day. Yeah, and that's and, I, you know I tell you you know there's positional sanctification. You're my child, but then there's progressive sanctification, which right. 
you know, and then perfect sanctification. When you finally arrive, and guess what? You haven't arrived. And when, <laughs> you, when you arrive, when you're with Christ. That's right. You know, so, um, yeah, I just, there's, there's no shortcuts. No. To, to getting done that which is right in this world, right? No, there's um, not. And, it's that perseverance, that stick to itiveness, that that desire to do whatever it takes to achieve what you're trying to achieve. And when it yeah. comes to being a Christian, that is that daily walk with Jesus. Yeah. That is that yeah. daily being intentional. I'm going to, you know, one of my driving things is to enjoy God every day, right? That's my little tagline. Yeah. And and one of the things is being intentional. How am I going to enjoy God today? Yeah. Well, you know. Without getting too deep and, and off point too much, it's been a pretty rough week for Pete and the Rogers family. And but I still it still comes to me, how can you enjoy God in the middle of this? Yeah. And I'm like, oh man, it is so hard to but where I come to is when, when it's going really bad, it's I enjoy God by knowing that He doesn't leave me. Yeah. That He is right there. That he is he is my comforter. He is my advocate. He is fighting on my behalf. He is yeah. He, he is strong and standing there with me and standing there when I can't, yeah. you know? Um, yeah. And, and so that is how I enjoy God when things aren't going well. Yeah, and when you got to make really tough decisions and, and uh, knowing it's going to hurt a bunch of people or upset people because they don't like, but it's the best decision. And you just got to, and how do you enjoy God in that? Or as a Christian, how do you, remain faithful in that. And I think that is in, in the assurance. That's why I love that, that old hymn. Yeah. It's that assurance that Jesus is mine. Amen. It's that assurance that he is never going to leave us. It's Amen. that assurance that he is who he says he is. Yeah. Um, and, and, and you're right. It's, it, it can be extremely difficult at times, especially yeah. when you're the pastor and, and, um, as I like to tell new pastors is everybody thinks you work for them. <laughs> and, and, and some of them will say, don't forget, I pay your salary. Right. But you really don't, you work for God. Right. 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 Um, but they will think everybody in those pews, if they're members, they say he work. you work for me, you work for me and it's your process. And I'll tell them on the, on the timing thing, and I may be wrong, so I'm, I'm curious to your, it takes three years to build those close relationships. Oh, for sure. Minimum. 36 oh, I months. I agree with that. that. You know, that's 150 sermons, right? I'm sure. I'm rounding because I don't do yeah, math right, in my right, head, right? right? I, I can't do math in my head at all. <laughs> um, I can barely do it with a calculator. But uh, uh, it takes three years to learn your people. And the bigger the church, the longer it takes. Yeah. And so you're not even comfortable until your third until you're starting your fourth year there yeah yeah, yeah. I, I, I would tend to agree with that i would agree mm. with that and, and again i think the the lack of fruit that's often demonstrated is you know that long-term commitment but and again i don't i don't think sometimes god places people somewhere for a short season I, right I, right i don't want to right. downplay someone's story <laughs> Right. But there is something to be said of the depth. You know? Right. Right. Um, and when you look, and I think a big part of it too is right to, to be right. And again, you know, back and forth with the hunting world and, and the church world, right. To, to be the most effective hunter, you have to be a student of the deer. Right. 
Right. You aren't just accidentally putting up a tree stand in a lucky place. Right. To, to be an effective minister, right? Whether you are in full-time ministry or you're 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 a believer that that works a secular vocation, you're called to be a minister. To be an effective minister, you have to be a student of those that God has placed into your life. And there's no crash course when it comes to people, right? Yeah. The constant yeah. commitment day in, day out. And for the pastor, it's in the context of his church world too. So yeah, that's why you need that three to four years. Uh, the, the, now that I've been here for so long, uh, the, the stories that I know yeah. change how I see people. Right. Because I now understand that most of the people in my church have tremendous stories of heartache, mm-hmm. right? And, and, and in turn, which has taught me that everybody I walk by every day has a tremendous story of heartache. When we begin to listen to other stories and we recognize it's, it's, it's not an anomaly, but everybody's story is just unique. It so is. Everyone we come in contact with has a real need to experience the hope and the peace of Christ. Absolutely. And for the believer who's hurting today, they need to experience in a fresh new way. They need an extra Mm -hmm. portion of grace for, for the person that doesn't know Jesus. You know, there's the, there's a a message of hope that can be had. And right. But again, there's no, there's no shortcut, right? No, there's not. So, uh, you know, I, I think we, we have to be intentional in our living both with what we do, but what we say, whether it be at the gas station mm-hmm. or in church, you know. Right. So. right. And it's it's a uh, um, it's interesting, John. When I when I talk with other pastors, which is a passion of mine, that's something yeah, that yeah, I'm yeah. very passionate about is ministering to pastors. Yeah. Right. Which, and, thank you, by the way. I appreciate that. <laughs> uh, yep. And and it's uh, the pastors are slippery people. They they don't like to show their vulnerability. They don't like to talk about their struggles in yeah. the pastorate. And I, I give you an example. I've been uh, attempting to host a pastor's retreat for three years now, and I can't even get 10, 10 guys to sign up. Cool. Um, and I talked to them. I'd love to go, but yeah, I just don't I don't like that that vulnerability. Yeah. Right. The whole point of the retreat is. Let's get away from what you're doing and let's just be men. Yeah. And let's just be, let's just be men and kind of decompress and reinvigorate ourselves and get away from all the worries and stress of, of being a pastor and a husband and a father and, and all that. And just for two and a half days. Yeah. And let me feed you. Right. Right. So when you go back, you won't be empty all the time. Um, but pastors just don't, it's, I missed worshiping so much when I was full-time preaching because I'm doing worship. I'm not worshiping, right. right? I'm leading worship. I'm not worshiping and finding a place where you can go and get filled is very, very difficult, Right. but it's so important. It's there that, that, uh, um, uh, you know. First of all, reach out to me if you want to talk about it. Yeah. I'd be glad to. It's Pete at ChristianOutdoors.org. Just just email me and we can set up some times to talk yeah. about it. But it's it, it is a uh, um, as you said, we don't know what people are going through. Yeah. But 
everyone in your congregation, in your workplace, in your um, on your softball team, you know, uh, in your hunting club, every one of those guys and gals have been impacted by something tragic, yep. directly, indirectly. They are divorced or their parents are divorced or their children are divorced. It, I mean, with a yes. 55% divorce rate, everybody's impacted by it and yeah. nobody wins in divorce. They've either buried a child or a parent recently or a sibling, yeah. right? I mean, it just happens. They lost a job. You know, uh, one of the things that impacted a, a big area here in the South, of course, it's been a, about 15 years, but it's when the textile industry shut down. Yeah. When the, I mean, that was the lifeblood of South Carolina. The yeah. lifeblood was textiles had been since, um, the industrial revolution in the 1800s. Yeah. And in a matter of four years, every textile mill in the state is gone. Every one of them. There's a few that still do some dyeing and printing, but as far as making, taking cotton and making cloth, they're gone. They're all overseas. Now it put millions of people out of work. Yeah. I got friends that are, went to college to become textile engineers and they don't have, and, and now they're, they're working at the QT gas station or they're, you know, and you talk about pain. I invested all this money, all this time to, because I knew textiles were here to stay and boom, they're gone. Yeah. Yeah. And that happens all, you know, it happens in the steel world. It happens in, in the, in the automotive industry. I mean, it happens in every industry. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But my point is, is that people are hurting, as you said, and, yeah. and, one of the things that we can do is just be kind. Yeah. Just be kind and compassionate. Yeah. Just kind and compassionate. It, it, it goes a long way to smile at somebody and to pat them on the back. And I'm praying for you. It goes a long way. And, and I've, and I've told, you know, my church people, I said, start, start with what's free, right? You know, it costs you nothing to be kind. It costs you nothing to add value to someone else's life. It costs you nothing add dignity right to someone else's life and right those things are all free <laughs> you know right and, uh, you know that's the least the least we can do right mm -hmm. so, it is yeah it is john this has been a great conversation man it really has yeah. um uh, is there so how does somebody get a hold of you if they want to join that 54,000 and growing okay. followers. Tell people how, if they want to get a hold of John Goodwin, how they can, how they can follow you and, and, uh, what kind of things, you know, well, let's just start with that. Okay. That. Yeah. So if they want to follow my, my page on Instagram, it's at wild game freaks at wild game freaks. And, um, you know, just give, give it a follow. Hopefully you'll, you'll see some hunting content that you enjoy. I'm going to be putting a lot of my own personal stuff on there this fall as I'll, I'll spend as much time as I can in the woods. And, but be you can a lot also, of pictures of empty tags. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully <laughs> not. Hopefully not. I, I, you know, I'm, I video a lot. So hopefully if nothing else, you can watch me letting the little ones walk by me. Um, <laughs> And uh, so, yeah, I encourage you to follow me on that. And also, I would echo what you said, right? If you're in ministry and you, maybe you're a younger pastor, you know, I'm almost 20 years in now. Uh, I, I hope I've I've gleaned some some something. Uh, shoot me, you can shoot me a private message on there, or you can uh, you can shoot one of my my email, uh, you know, which there's a link on that page. 
uh, or you can shoot me an email at Pastor John, which is J-O-N at heartlandbible.org, Heartland being H-A-R-T-L-A-N-D. So Pastor John at heartlandbible.org. And I would love to, I would love to chat. And, you know, if you have something you need to talk through or whatever, you know, we can set up a phone call. You know, I got, right. you know, I'll, I'll find time for you uh, if you're in need and you feel like I'm somebody you can connect with. I mean, that's, Absolutely. that's what, you know, Galatians uh, 6 verse 1, right? Bear one another's burdens in the Lord, right? I mean, it's, I think I just misquoted it, but it's close. Okay. That's okay. <laughs> it's in there somewhere. It's in there somewhere. Yeah, it's our, that's our call, right? Is to help bear one another's burdens. So, yeah, so, so twofold, you know, one, you know, if you want to just engage in the outdoor stuff, do that. Okay. Right, right. But also understand that, if, you know, I find four letter words under your comments, it's getting deleted. You might yeah. get deleted if you're a repeat offender. Um, <laughs> and there's and nothing then, wrong with that, right? Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> if you, again, if you want to reach out to me with hunting questions, I'd be willing to engage with that. If you want to reach out to me with ministry questions, I'd engage with that. Uh, and, you know, I, I, I'm I'm in a spot where I'm also actively looking to to expand ministry opportunities into the outdoors. Uh, what do I, you know, so if there's a, like I said, if there's a men's breakfast or a pastor's thing or a, you know, an outdoorsman event, you think I can be helpful in, you know, let me know. That's fine. I don't want to steal right. each business though, either. <laughs> there's plenty of opportunity yeah, out there. There's man. plenty, there's plenty of opportunity out there. Yeah. So, so uh, but again, any way I can encourage you, whether right. it's just in the beauty of God's nature or, scripture or no, the rumor is you charge ten thousand dollars a speech is that is that right <laughs> yeah. no no was that wrong with that last, number i think the last event i went to <laughs> i got free lunch yeah exactly exactly <laughs> i mean yeah you know, I, I i i'm not a wealthy man so i do need to cover my gas expense you know, exactly uh, exactly. That was a joke for anybody listening. That was just a joke out there. Okay. John Goodwin of Wild Game Freaks. Uh, the uh, social media platform on Instagram is uh, at Wild Game Freaks. Uh, Pastor John Goodwin, thank you so much for joining me here today on Christian Outdoors Podcast. You got one more thing? No, I just thank, thank you, Pete. This has been fantastic. Again, I was a blessing to be with the brother of the Lord who loves the outdoors. Yes, sir. Thank you for joining me. All right, you're welcome.